When you separate yourself from God, you separate yourself from life. Welcome, everybody. This is the specialist random episode today. Just kind of decided to do this out of the blue. Um, a lot of times people have this really uh, anxious or neurotic relationship with God. Where they see God as a sorry about that. I was helping my mom with my with with the groceries. So a lot of people have a very neurotic relationship with God, and because they do, they have a neurotic relationship with life. Um. We'll get into why that is in a minute, but what I mean by what do I, what do I mean by neurotic relationship, right? So there's either the relationship of the punisher punishee, which is you know very neurotic. It's very much built on shame and guilt and uh, whatnot, and not actually built on truly connecting with and becoming more aware of the godlike aspects of life and that makes life more difficult for you and many people do this in different ways not just in the typical like fundamentalist christian or muslim kind of way but they may ha- they may think that the world is a dog eat dog world they're metaphysics any kind of metaphysics you have has to do with God in a lot of ways. Because God is about... God is... Uh, well, it, it's kind of complicated, but... Um, basically, your, your idea is about what life is. Or your idea is about what God is. You can't avoid believing in a God and to a certain extent. Even atheists believe that there is a universe, there is a reality in some way. They may not believe it as a godlike reality, that it, God is creating and, and doing all these things that people say he's done, or they, or she, or whatever you want to call it. But they believe in the universe, they believe in certain, they have their own metaphysics. Uh, and this metaphysics controls how they see God. And how they see themselves and how they see the world and all these things uh, so there's a very strict hierarchy totalitarianism view of life um, and the reason for this makes sense you know threat threat assessment basically like if you have a scenario where you're trying to deal with stage red how do you deal with stage red you have to become very strict you have to have very strict hierarchies that nobody can violate because otherwise stage red can take over and manipulate things um this is why understanding the spiral is so important especially 
for understanding the lower stages. Because most of these people, most people who are in orange and green can understand the point and the reasons for why blue does what it does. Um, you just think it's stupid or whatever, but it's, it's actually, there's actually a lot going on there. I'm not saying that it is completely correct. I think there are some aspects of it that can be talked about and, and mulled over within your own life in certain ways, but it is a thing that happens because of survival, because you have to deal with stage red somehow, and the best way is through these strict moral hierarchies. Um, so... Most people's relationship with God is is neurotic. Most because most people's metaphysics is very neurotic, and what I mean by metaphysics is, so it's it's kind of complicated. Metaphysics is a uh, a bit abstract, and I want to make it a deep episode on metaphysics, spirituality, action. But basically, your metaphysics is is what you think reality is or is about um if you think the world is about survival about being about getting what you want in life despite what others want you know you're going to be acting in that kind of way why do you have those beliefs why do you have that rule book that says these things because you have a scarcity metaphysical mindset that says that the universe is finite. Things in the universe are finite. And that I must rely on those things to make me happy, to make me secure in life. This kind of thing. And like I said, they're all based on kernels of truth to a certain extent. The universe is finite, but if you rely on things that are impermanent which is basically the universe you will constantly be disappointed you have to find a stronger source something that cannot be uh, impermanent basically and the most permanent thing that you can think of that exists is God God is is more than you think God is. And there's a lot to go into about God in in future episodes because there's a lot of things that I'm learning going deeper into about what God is and and why not. But it's not really about what God is because a lot of that is just your metaphysics. Um, One thing I'm really looking into right now is called the five aggregates from Buddhism. It's really understand, interesting and important to understand the, these five aggregates because then it helps you to what you can do, which I'll, I'll share eventually in, in, in a episode in the future. Is uh, You can actually separate these aggregates because what's happened in your life is that all these most of these aggregates are connected and clumped together, and this clumping is what makes an individual an individual in the first place. And, it was, and it's what keeps you stuck and your current mindset in the first place. Uh, and so 
what I've started to do with these aggregates is actually separate them um, <clears throat> by understanding what's causing um, each thing. It's it's very it's kind of deep in metaphysical in its own way, in its own right, but like I said, that's another episode for another time because there's a lot to go into there. Um, But, what is your metaphysical understanding of life? Because whatever that is, that's going to control you. That's going to make you see life in a scarcity mindset or a fear-based mindset or a uh, infinite mindset or a love-based mindset. You really have only two choices here. Scarcity or infinity. Um, I think you can find a balance between these two, actually. Because there are two... There are fi- The universe is finite, right? Things in the universe are finite, right? But that does not mean that you are finite or that you must... Or need these things to become more than you are right now. The only reason why you think that is because of your current metaphysical beliefs about what you really think you are. Because what you think you are is what you think the universe is. is finite. Um, But actually the universe is... There's a lot more going on here, but... The universe is not, because what we what we do is we, we make this mistake where we say that I am a body, and my body is, it requires food, and food is finite, food is a scarce resource, and so I must find a way to get more food, find a way to get shelter for my body, because I am the body, and if I die, if my body dies, I die. That's the metaphysical belief that most people have in their lives. My body is my salvation. It's actually something that Course like Miracles talks about a little bit. And there's there's a a little bit that goes into um, going into this whole thing about the body. But your metaphysical belief is that the, the body is what you are but that's not what you are you're not your body if you cut off your if somebody cuts off your hand does that make you less than what you were if somebody if you if you uh, think that you're your thoughts which is what some people think they are if they don't think they're their mind or if they don't think they're their body they think they're the mind or or they think they're they are thoughts, but if you're a thought, thoughts come and go and they change. But does that mean that you come and go and change? The personality does, the uh, the ego does. But do you? Ultimately. 
But that's the other part of this metaphysical trap, is that you have been convinced, willingly or unwillingly, to believe that you are this finite thing called an ego. And that the ego is either the mind or the, the, mind or the body, and the mind or the body is threatened by existence itself. And because it is threatened by existence itself, it needs to protect itself against existence, against reality, against what is. And because it does this, it has a very neurotic relationship with God. What do you think God is? God is not some person in the sky going, Oh, I will grant you your wishes. God is existence. God is not some thing that that is in the sky saying thou shalt not kill thou shalt not bear false witness God is the essence of what is existence itself beyond your forms including the forms but beyond the forms as well Um, you know there's a the three things people think that God is, well, four, actually, omnipresence, omnipotence, omniscience, and uh, omnibenevolence, or whatever, right? But if you believe that you are the body, you have to protect your body. You have to protect your life. Uh, and so you will create a false, jealous God. You know, why, why is it that the Bible and all these other sources are corrupted by this idea that I am the jealous God? It's because the believers of those religions that, that started the, that idea had this metaphysical understanding that I am the body I am, am, if not completely the body, then I am enough, enough of the body to, that things are scarce. And we must protect our own group over this group or whatever. Um, and like I said, it's not, it's not about like undoing this completely and saying, oh, everything is infinite. You know, we can give all of our resources. It's, it's, it's more about understanding that we do not have to know that one one does not live off on bread alone, as Jesus said. We do not have to rely on these things to thrive. There are people in the world who are crippled, who are homeless, who are even perhaps even you know unable to feed themselves most of the time. Or are starving a lot of times, but are happy, and are satisfied with life, and they love life as it is. And one of your metaphysical beliefs, most people's metaphysical beliefs, is that I must have X to be happy, whatever X is. I must have peace and quiet to be happy I must have people not judge me to be happy I must 
have somebody who doesn't shout at me to be happy. All these things that you require in your life to be happy. And that creates a scarcity mindset. I must have X to be secure, happy, peaceful, you know, harmonious, whatever it is. And if I don't have those things, um, will be unto you, you know, divine wrath, basically. You're going to be angry, you're going to be annoyed, you're going to be judging the, the, the person that did this. Right. But Jesus was never doing that. He was not saying, oh, I am the body. If my body dies or somebody threatens my body, I'm going to get angry at this person. I'm going to say, you're a bad person, you're evil Judas, you betrayer, you you asshole, you know, whatever it is, right? Because Jesus understood intuitively what is being said here. That you are not, you do not need things to be satisfied in life. And you do not need things to fulfill you and to give you security and to grant you uh, asylum or salvation I guess you could call it you know, there's kind of like a true and a false salvation in the world false salvation is like where people look to like the outside world to fulfill them like oh I'm go- if I go socialize with a bunch of people I'm going to be happy I'm going to be fulfilled you know, whatever it is I'm not saying that those things aren't important because they are. But they have to be subservient to the true salvation, which is within. The true salvation is understanding and knowing and, and becoming aware of as much as possible. God and the true aspect of yourself. There's many ways of doing this, and I want to go into how to do this more because it's something that I'm learning as well. Um, and it's honestly, it's fucking refreshing because I'm tired of this, this the scarcity mindset the mind has. Like, oh, but I need this, I'm, I need that, I need you know, all these things. You don't really need these things as much as you think you do. There's only one thing to, in the world that you should depend on, and that is God. Or spirit, or whatever you want to call it, but not necessarily depend on in like a material sense. Like, oh, I need you to give me an iPhone, God. I need you to get me an iWatch. You know, all these things, because you're going to be disappointed. That's not what God is for. I mean, sure, maybe God can give you those things, but even if. God gives you everything that you ask for in the material world, it's not going to matter. All of those satisfactions are going to last you like a week. Two weeks at most. Because true salvation comes from the inner knowing of God the inner awareness of God. 
becoming so aware of your uh, longing, I guess you could call it, to be more aware of God is what's important. But most of, us, most of us can't really do that right now because our metaphysics are getting in the way. And we think that the solution is to actually deal with their metaphysics at its source, intellectually. But that's not going to help. That doesn't work. I've, tr- I've done that all of my life. It doesn't, doesn't do anything. It can help somewhat if you do it right, but really it, it doesn't really do anything. You need to become so willing to let God into your life in some way. I'm not saying that you have to like pray like, "Oh, God, I I need you for these things and that thing," and you know whatnot. Uh, and I'm not saying that you have to believe in a certain religion even, because honestly, religions are attempts. To make salvation, true salvation, false salvation. It actually is false salvation when you rely too heavily upon the outer to get, get inner salvation. The outer is important, but the outer is important, it's important in regards to the inner. Um, and what I mean by this is like you have... Two basic responses in life, right? One is to look outwards and say, oh, I need this, I need that. I need to go get this thing, I need to go get that thing, I need to go, 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 go. You know, do all these things and get all these desires met and whatnot. Right? That's what most people do. And it keeps them from becoming truly aware. It keeps them from seeing true salvation. Because they think that salvation can be found... In these things. Salvation is just another term for like fulfillment or security. Lasting security, lasting happiness. Lasting joy and peace and love and bliss and uh, harmony and whatnot. Without realizing that you cannot find true salvation out there. The only way to get true salvation is... In here, in your, in your, in your heart, in your mind. You know, there's, there's a commandment from Jesus: love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. What this really means is that you have to become so willing to just embrace God and let God come through. And love God and, and become so grateful for what you've already managed to do as far as like wisdom and other things are concerned that more will come 
But even if it doesn't come, it doesn't matter. That's not even the point. The point is to find this inner salvation. And from that inner place of salvation and peace and joy and love and harmony, all, all these things that you're looking for out there, you then return back into the outside world. Ta-da! <laughs> That's what it's about. That's what it's all been about. It's not about like, you know, there's this idea that if you do kind and loving things in the world, you will find salvation in heaven when you die, right? But it's actually backwards. You have to find salvation in here first. In your heart. You have to connect your mind and your heart in some way. You have to find some way of uh, connecting to God. And it's not, it's not going to be necessarily the most, you know, fast-paced pro- progress. At first, you may not have a whole lot of belief in God. And so you think about it, and you, you ask God for something. But you, the way that I do it when it comes to prayer is I do it this way, right? Like, if I want... Something which, when I do typically ask for something from God, which I do do sometimes, I usually ask for more intangible things like wisdom, more wisdom and understanding that I can use in the practical world for others and whatnot, right? And then I become grateful for all that I've already had in the past, uh, kind all the other kinds of wisdom and stuff that was given by God in other ways. And one thing that you might notice is that you might not have much happen at first. It's going to be very small. You're going to have moments where you're going to go like, this is this is stupid, especially if you're like more of an atheist person. You might not have the impulse to do this because you have believed all your life that God is is bad or God doesn't exist or whatever it is that you believe. But the truth is, is that your lack of belief is not about God. It's more about the metaphysical uh, realities that you think are true within the world. And because of those metaphysical beliefs, you create a rule, a rule book that says, I must do this, I must do that, or I have to follow these guidelines, you know, whatever it is, right? If it's a dog-eat-dog world, I must stay on top somehow, yeah, whatever it is. Um, and so you are... The reason why you're not in touch with God and you can't believe in God is because you are separating yourself from God and you have a neurotic relationship with God it's a relationship that's like here one moment there the next you know you know for some of us like if, even if you're more 
Christian oriented, you'll be here one moment where like you're like, yeah, God is great, God is good, and all these other things. The next per- moment, you'll be yelling at some person for doing something stupid, which is not the same thing as God as um, being in that moment of God is good and God is great and praise be to God and things like this. And why is that important? Why is that so necessary to be in that kind of state? Because your metaphysical beliefs are controlling your mind. And so you have to find a way of of letting go of those. And the best way that I can teach you is uh, to let go of all these things, is to do this, to just just embrace God and become aware of the longing to be become more aware and more wise uh, because of God's um, intervention, intervention and whatnot. Um, there's different ways of doing this, right? But basically, it just involves a willingness. In a longing to be come aware of God, become aware of more wisdom from God, to not give in to your old world rule book and metaphysics book, and to listen to the metaphysics book from God. God has its own metaphysics book that it will share with you. In its own, uh, I don't know if I'd call it rule book so much, but it, I guess it's kind of the closest term that it will share with you. But it's not a rule book that's like based on judgment, like oh you're bad or you must do this because it's a, it's it's a, because this other thing is a sin. But actually, it's more because when you do this. Um, the the rule book is 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 more of like a direct springing up uh, from the metaphysics book. Uh, it's hard to explain exactly what this means, but basically, like to give you a, a, a more overt, perhaps a little bit more more of a crude example. Why do you not touch the stove when it is hot? Because you know it burns. And so the rule book of God is, is a rule book of uh, logic. It's a rule book of meta-physical uh, logic. And it's not even really a rule book so much as it is just like, like why, you know, why would you want to touch the stove? It's going to burn you. That's the consequence of doing these things. You know, why would you covet thy neighbor's goods? That's going to make you more greedy. It's going to make you. It's going to separate you from God. It's going to give you a metaphysics book that says, "I need these things. I crave these things. Whatever it is." And so, God's metaphysical book and world book, rule book is. Uh, the metaphysics book is, is springs from that metaphysical book 
Hunt Springs, the rule book. But it's not really a rule book at that point so much as it, as it is a common sense book. Because once you understand the metaphysics of God, you understand the point of the rule book of God. And it becomes a common sense book. You know, why is wrath considered a bad thing? Because when you separate yourself by doing this, you separate yourself from others by doing this, you create a scarce mindset. You create a... a mindset of lack and a problem of consequence. You know, why consequence? You know, what does anger do in the end? It separates, it divides. It keeps you from truly realizing you what is really real about life, metaphysically speaking. And uh, I just look at the world right now and I see all these people who are falling into these traps. It's a very easy thing to do. And I'm not blaming anybody here because I understand where it's coming from. But because I can see it, especially now that I have seen more of the metaphysical book of God, and I haven't, I by no means will say that I've seen all of the metaphysical book of God, but I've seen some of it to the point where I understand people to, to such an extent that, like, even violent people, people that people would see to be bad or evil, or even the people who say that others are bad or evil, I see those people as not bad or evil, but as people who who are living under their own veil of illusions, and it creates compassion and understanding. But to do this, you have to go beyond your metaphysical world book. You cannot change your metaphysical world book. You you can make some small changes, and you can do some small changes in this way, right? But the problem is, is that it's going to be very small. It's it's going to take years to completely rewire your metaphysical book, and even when you do that, there's still a lot of the old metaphysical stuff there. Um, you know, I've I've done this work for seven, eight years, and of doing this work, I've probably only managed to rewire about ten to thirty percent of my metaphysical world book. That's how much there is still to go. Because the problem here is that the mind. It it doesn't just like, it isn't like this thing where like you see one of one of the problems with your metaphysical world that you have now, and you go, oh yeah, this doesn't work really work, and then the mind just like realizes that and and it stops 
um, believe in that metaphysical understanding. No, it produces another to take its place because it literally sees this metaphysical book as its own means for survival. Because it has separated itself from true understanding, from true wisdom. Which makes it think that the answers are found somewhere else. Or that the answers are, you know, a scarcity mindset. And, or that the answers are a way for it to, you know, become secure and to find that salvation, that fulfillment, that, that illusion of security, that false salvation, as they call it. But it doesn't see it as a false salvation. It sees it as a true salvation. So, and and the reason why why it has this is because of the fear. It has a fear of mindset. It has a scarcity mindset. So, the basic question you have to ask yourself is, do I want to live in, in life by seeking false salvation or true? Now, I'm not saying that you're going to, like, if you find yourself contacted by, if you find God's metaphysical world, but I'm gonna, I'm not going to say necessarily that you are going to uh, know everything there is about the world or whatever. It's actually much deeper than this. And it goes beyond the world, but at the same time encompasses a lot of the world at the same time. That's how metaphysics works. Um, but I'm not saying that you're going to be some absolute arbiter of truth at that point. Like, oh, what I say is absolutely true. Um, I'm not saying that you're going to find yourself a 100% correct person at that point. Because the mind may take over eventually and become fallible. What, I'm, what I am saying is that you can become more and more aware of God's metaphysical book and rule book to such an extent that you could become a prophet, a messenger of God. And you can understand so deeply all these, things, all these metaphysical uh, pages of the book that and the, and the world book itself world book itself that you can see all the suffering in the world and why it happens and, and why it's causing suffering and why it causes a, a constant feedback loop upon itself which it does and you just be, feel yourself feeling with compassion at that point Because you understand that you 
and others have been living with ignorance your, your entire lives. And it's not, it's not meant to be like a, an insult. Like, oh, you're, you're ignorant. You're just stupid. <clears throat> but it's literally true. Most of us live our lives in ignorance. Because we are at the, at the whims of our metaphysical book. And because we are, we don't see the consequences of our metaphysical beliefs around us and in the world itself. And because of that, we're ignorant. That's what ignorance really means. And because we are ignorant in that way, we keep engaging in the same metaphysical struggle and the same rule book struggle in this way because we are trying to create false salvation. You know, you're basically trying to create salvation in the outer world, which is impermanent. You know, life is constantly changing in the outer, outer world. Things are constantly happening. Things are constantly moving around. You know, things like this. And so, you're going to have things that encroach upon that salvation that you're trying to create in the outer world. And the response is, this is bad, this is a sin, this is evil. And so you attack it, you threaten it, you try and cut it off from the rest of your um, civilization that you've created in this false uh, this false uh, salvation. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, lock up murderers and, and, and things like this. What I'm saying has more to do with the metaphysical reasons behind why you're locking up murders and why you're judging people. And why you are constantly suffering and angry at other people. And I understand your response, I do. I don't... I'm not going to be like one of those people who you who see you in those states and go, "Oh, you dumb person, you you're so below me, I'm so superior." Because that's that's falling into the same ignorance trap, but just in a different direction. That would be me trying to create a false salvation. Because I I would at that point believe the metaphysical trap that my mind would still tell me that says that I need to protect these ideas that I now have in my mind about God and about things like this because these things can be threatened and destroyed basically the scarcity mindset
And so it's a vicious cycle. We live in a world full of vicious cycles right now. And it's time to wake up. It's time to really see what's happening here. So, hope you enjoyed this one. Um, this is a very deep metaphysical episode. I was not expecting it to go this deep, but it was really good to go into this. And then we'll talk to the next one.